Welcome to the Aging Gracefully Podcast. I'm Janae Anderson. And I'm Mary Thompson. Join us as we explore the myths, beliefs, and realities of aging to empower each of us to thrive on all levels every moment of our lives. Welcome back. This is Mary Thompson, and we're continuing with our podcast series on brain health. We're exploring what we can do to maximize the brain's potential throughout our lives, looking at what we can do physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. In today's podcast, we'll explore how we can support our brain through our lifestyle choices, our activity, and our rest. Welcome back, Janae. Thank you, Mary. I'm interested to hear what you have to say about how our physical activity and our sleep impacts brain health. Well, I'm really excited about it. We talked in our last podcast about making sure the brain was well-fed before we created demand for it to do something. So what is the demand that we create for it to do something that's going to serve the brain? One of those is looking at daily exercise. As we get older, maybe it's also part of our culture, we sit a lot. We do. But they're finding that if we can move even moderate exercise for about 150 minutes a week, now that would be 30 minutes, five times a week, that we can support brain health. We can do that. We can do that. That could be something like walking or dancing. I often encourage people to find something that they want to do, something that sounds really fun to do. Because if it seems like it's going to be fun, I'm more likely to show up for it. Yeah. I know our local gym has lots of classes. They've got Tai Chi and Qigong. They've got classes where you're, they bring out the inflatable balls and you get to sit on the ball and bounce around. That's so don't forget yoga. <laughs> don't forget yoga. Of course, don't forget <laughs> yoga. So what do you find, like with, with yoga, do you encourage people to do a home practice or do you? I do, um, and many of them don't. <laughs> and that's why they come to class. They mm-hmm. just really like the classroom situation. They like to be led through it, told what to do. And it's different from doing it at home. It mm-hmm. just Even if you have a video on guiding you through, there's some magic that happens in a room full of people. And, you know, if, if you even just you're tired and you don't want to exercise, but you just drag yourself through the door of a gym, there's some kind of magic. It's like, oh, you know, people here are moving and I can feel the endorphins and suddenly you're more into the exercise. So there's there's a lot to be said for the power of being in a group. Well, I think it brings in two parts of brain health, which is the social engagement and the exercise. I also found, I remember working with a woman one time who really was had exhaustion. She couldn't move and anything. And I asked her to imagine or to watch things. And she said, you know, she had no imagination. And I asked her to go to a park and observe people walking. And the magic was in watching other people walk. She said, I could do that. I can do this. And she got up. But it's funny that we could watch people on a video and we still stay seated. Mm. But when we watch people in real life, there's a bit of the mirroring. I want to mirror what that person's doing and so I can step up into it. And that is a real concept, the mirror neurons, that uh, if there's something going on in your brain, my brain will mirror it. Interesting. Yes. So it's important to do that. Now, what form this exercise takes has to be something that's engaging for the person. You know, I like to walk. One of the things, this kind of brought up two different parts of my brain health, but for a long time I would take a Pimsleur Spanish class 
and I'd listen to my their 30-minute little blocks of Spanish lessons, and I'd be taking a walk with my dog and, and doing my Pimsleur Spanish class, so working with the physical body health and the mental body health all at the same time. And that was fun for me. I enjoyed doing it. I enjoyed finding out where the biblioteca was <laughs> and having those. Um, one aspect of this is you want it to be moderate activity. You'd like to break a sweat in this half hour. So if, by, if I'm sitting there, if I'm walking at such a pace that I'm not breaking a sweat, I may not be getting enough blood flow up to the brain to really support that brain health. Okay, so breaking a sweat. Break a sweat. Seems really good. Strength training. There's a woman named Miriam Nelson, PhD, who wrote a book called Strong Women Stay Young. And she did research with postmenopausal women doing strength training exercises. And she found that they were gaining bone density, they were losing weight, they were building muscle density, and they were improving their cognitive health. Wow. So it really helps to see what's, what's out there. And her program just involves seven simple exercises, but done with ankle weights or wrist weights. And so it's a little bit more intense to increase that ability to break a sweat, as well as creating that muscle density. You know, a lot of people who haven't done yoga think it's just about flexibility, but incorporated in it very much is strength and endurance. You're, you're supporting, you're lifting up your body sometimes. Mm -hmm. and um, So yeah, that strength is a super important part for us to remember. Yeah, currently there's a big move towards body weight fitness. When they talk about strength training, it doesn't have to be at the gym. It doesn't have to be lifting barbells. Your body has plenty of weight <laughs> for, us, for us to be lifting. I always think yoga is the perfect exercise for that because it includes stre stretching. It includes an aerobic component. It includes strength training component. So it's got all different aspects of exercise worked into it. It also aligns with the breath, which is going to be really important for maintaining kind of this oxygenation of the tissues, oxygenation of the brain. Oh, another thing with lifestyle. So that's it on, on exercise. The thing I just encourage people to do is find something that you like, that you'll commit to, that you're going to show up for. You know, last night, my husband and I went to Nevada City Summer Nights, which is just, you know, it's a... Uh, the, the vendors are there and the restaurants are serving and people, lots of people walking around dancing in the streets. And um, we walked a lot. And I, I thought, oh, I didn't get my walk in today. But then I thought, oh, wait, yeah. that was actually exercise. And we danced. And mm -hmm. so it was a very enjoyable form of exercise. And so it's like that. Find if you're if you're on the Wii and you're skateboarding or whatever it is, find something that is fun. Yeah. That's the thing. You mentioned electronics, like a device like a Wii or something. They do have lots of great ways to move your body. I was talking recently to a mom. She has a mom of a three-year-old, and she's not she's not one of us. She's not up over her fifties yet. She's very got a young youngster, but she was trying to find ways to exercise in her day, and she was lamenting that she couldn't do it with a three-year-old. And I said, I remember when my son was three, there was a a group called the Wiggles, and the Wiggles was a singing group from Australia, very engaging. And I said, I just put on the the CD, and he and I just did everything the Wiggles did. And at the end, I was exhausted because. <laughs> The wiggles are very active and there's always this dancing and movement. So it's really finding whatever's going on in your life. Just notice if I'm sitting too much, what can I do to stand more? What can I do to stretch my body more? What can I do to walk a little bit more? 
So physiologically, when we do our activity, what is happening to the brain? Well, mostly the brain is getting more oxygenation. It's getting fresh information. There's also, now this is interesting. I think it's just really a demand it creates. There's something called proprioception, which is the body's, uh, the brain's ability to know where the body is in space and the relationship of different body parts to each other. So as we're walking, we're going to be working with proprioception. We're kind of stretching those proprioception muscles as the body says, oh, my right foot is forward, my left foot is back, my right arm is up, my left arm is down. And it's just tracking everything. And again, just stretching those muscles. Mm. When I'm sitting, the brain's just kind of going, yeah, I'm still doing the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well go to sleep. My, yeah, as I'm not, there's no um, engagement that's going to go on. When I move through space, the brain has to be constantly evaluating where I am in space in order to keep maintain safety and maintain balance. And that actually the spatial relationships is something that we tend to lose that function as we age. So you can mm -hmm. see why physical activity is so important as we age. Right. And that's a balance is another big thing when we can when we do things that stretch us to maintain balance. Stand mm -hmm. yoga again, standing up on one foot, the other foot, doing lunges, things like this, the brain has to work to see how to maintain balance. We stretch those muscles. We support our body and kind of keeping ourselves safe. Oh, the vices. There are some vices that will limit the brain's ability to function, such as cigarette smoking or heavy alcohol use. Mm -hmm. These actually will impact brain function so that little bits of alcohol that we're including in diet to be healthy and brain extending we have to be careful that we're not going too far and creating depletion in the body, inflammation and dehydration. So moderation. <laughs> no dehydration, <laughs> only moderation. <laughs> uh, let's see what else we've got. Oh, checking out and addressing other health concerns. Other health concerns can impact brain health, such as heart disease, high blood pressure, high cholesterol. Now the three of those, heart disease, high blood pressure and high cholesterol, they impact blood flow to the brain. They can impact the safety of the blood vessels in the brain. So it's a way to maintain the physical health of the brain is to make sure that we are eating appropriately and engaging in lifestyle that's appropriate so we can minimize the impact of, of high blood pressure or heart disease or other health conditions that we might have. My um, sister was on high blood pressure medication for many, many years and she went on a guided um, diet to help her with her blood pressure, lots of smoothies as I recall. And um, she brought her blood pressure down to, the, to where she no longer has to take meds. That's amazing. That's yeah. really good to hear. There's huge parts with lifestyle because in managing blood pressure, we've got to look at engagement, daily exercise, keep that blood pumping, and time and relaxation. Looking at meditation or looking at time periods where we slow down and take care of the body. Yeah. And both become really, really important. Another is they say the brain, um, Alzheimer's, they looked at it as a new type of diabetes. It's another way. The brain thrives. It lives on glucose. That's what fuels the cells of the brain is glucose, which is sugar. So if we are overfeeding the brain, we're tending to overwork the brain, and then the brain becomes resistant to the presence of this glucose. So they're looking at dementia as being a part of um, 
the number of conditions that will spill out from insulin resistance. Oh, how interesting. Yeah. Hmm. So it's really, uh, again, looking at diet supporting the brain by limiting our intake, but then lifestyle supporting the brain by making sure we're keeping these other health conditions at bay, you know, which everything we do to treat the, to treat the diabetes is going to support the brain. It seems like everything we do physically supports the brain and mm-hmm. you know, that, that's beneficial. Yeah. I remember watching a show a long time ago where they talked about stem cells. Now, stem cells are cells that have not yet different. They have not yet matured into what they're going to be. And when we have fetal stem cells, this is as when we were in fetal development, the, st- the same cells that were going to become skin were the cells that were going to become brain. They would just differentiate as they developed and become these different organs. So the things we do to take care of our skin will also support taking care of our brain. Mm. So we know how important fresh water is, or we know how important it is to keep our body well lubricated and moisturized. These are the same things the brain wants. Everything is so connected. It is. If we stop and think of the body as being, oh, it's I'm a brain and a belly and a foot and a head, it's like, nope, we are a body that One has organism. all this. Right. Yeah. And when we support one organism, we support them all. Right. And of course, we're talking about aging gracefully. And I think there's a part of it that we look and we say, oh, it's too late. You know, I've hit 50. I've hit 60. It's too late for me to go back and repair. And we are here to tell you today that it is not too late. Never too late. <laughs> that you must start today, even <laughs> if you weren't doing it before. You know, forgive yourself for whatever you've done in your past And then look at your life and say, how can I commit to maintaining this brain health that I have going forward? We're living longer and longer. We may still have a lot of years left on this planet. I'm hoping. (laughs) I am hoping because a lot of things I want to do. Some other lifestyle things. This is a very important part is the relaxation. Mentioned it a minute ago for looking at high blood pressure and reducing high blood pressure. But this is important whether you have high blood pressure or not. We spend so much time doing... And we want to make sure that we're also spending time taking care of ourselves, paying ourselves back, relaxing after the doing. Really important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're, we tend to be just a type A society. Right. Doing, 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 doing. So mm-hmm. having those little mental health breaks are really important. Right. I was talking to someone recently and she was having a problem in her relationship because her partner saw self-care as selfish, that she was spending all this attention on herself and not on him. And I saw a picture that said, you can't fill a vessel from an empty cup. So when we do that self-care, when we take that time to relax, when we're feeling tired, we take the time to eat when we're feeling hungry, when maybe we look at our schedule and say, I'm sorry, I can't do that today. Put a little X on your schedule for nap time. (laughs) Something so you can pay yourself, uh, you can fill that vessel. You know, we know it on the airplanes, and that analogy is used all the time with, you know, they come around and say, put your own air mask on first before trying to help someone else. Otherwise, you're going to pass out, and the person you were trying to help is not going to get served. But I think we tend, especially as women, we tend to put other people higher on the priority list than we do ourselves. And your brain wants you to stop. (laughs) Your brain wants you to start putting yourself on the priority list so that you will have plenty of energy to serve if that's what you're choosing to do. Yeah, well, a well-rested brain is as important as the well-rested body. Right. That gets into sleep. 
if we're not sleeping, we talked a little bit in our last podcast about sleep deprivation. Now, maybe caffeine's interfering with sleep or maybe it's not, but it's a fact as we get older, or it's accepted as a fact. Let me say it that way, because I've been getting really good sleep lately, so I'm not going to say it's a fact that as we get older, we sleep worse. I used to really struggle with insomnia when I was much, much younger in my 20s. So I would say I sleep better at 60 than I did at 20, which is great. And not a lot of people can say that. But if there's a challenge with your sleep, the first thing you do is look towards those stimulants. Is there something I'm doing that's disturbing it? So you can look to the diet to see it. But there's also a huge chemistry set going on in the brain to help you sleep. There's the production of melatonin, the production of serotonin, the production of um, other neurotransmitters. There is... GABA, and there's what effect of cortisol and stress. So it might be working with somebody to help evaluate what is it that's disturbing my sleep? Because your brain needs you to get deep, dreamless sleep. What's happening during that time is it's clearing out something called adenosine. When there's a high amount of adenosine, you feel fatigued. So if you wake up in the morning and you already feel fatigued, then your sleep has not been deep and restful enough. Because during those deep restful periods, again, where you're not dreaming, you're going to be processing the adenosine and getting rid of that. I could never figure out when I was younger, people would ask me about, did I wake feeling fresh? And I didn't have any idea what they were talking about. Wow. Because that's not anything I could ever relate to. And now, you know, some mornings I can wake up and jump out of bed and say, yes, I feel really fresh today. Me too. And I, you know, as somebody who has, um, I don't even want to say the word struggle, but it has been a struggle, struggled with serious insomnia issues for many, many years, I can say that um, just hoping it will get better is not really the way to work with it. Yeah. Um, be active, be proactive, and uh, get help from professionals, from alternative healthcare folks. Try things on your own. Just really... Um, really proactively go with what's recommended. Yeah. If we look at the things dietary and lifestyle-wise we've talked about for the brain, these are often the same things that support sleep. Funny that. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That is that. I love this recommendation. It said, take care of yourself and wear a helmet. You know, it's brain health. There are traumatic brain injuries which can disturb your um, ability to have memory long-term. So every article I read about pillars of health of the brain, they threw this one in. They said, be careful. If you're riding a bike, wear a helmet. If you're engaged in a sport where you could possibly do some type of traumatic brain injury, the least you could do is wear a helmet, you know? That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Preventative. Yeah. Yeah. So that's it on my list of lifestyle things. Are there any others that you can think of that we might do? No, but Mary, I think we've just been sitting for a little too long and we need to get up and just like have a couple laps. Okay, let's do it. (laughs) Thanks so much for listening today. This is Janae Anderson. And Mary Thompson signing off. Thanks for listening to the Aging Gracefully podcast. You can subscribe and stay up to date with all the latest episodes at aginggracefullypodcast.com. And while you're there, leave us a comment or a question. We welcome your voice in the conversation.